But the thing is that the sensor won't detect when you come to the door and it will never open because you're not applying your faith. So you need to apply your faith today and go. Uh, So this year has just been like a year of like supernatural provision for me and my family. Um, I don't want to get too deep into like the scripture and then just go off track, but um, uh, Second Kings chapter 17, read it, okay, and declare it over your life, all right? So in the beginning of this year, um, so Mark was here, Mark and Lisa, and we gave a sacrificial seed, something we weren't comfortable with. We were trying to save up because we have a little baby over there. She's three months old. We're trying to get ready for when Faith was going to be um, on maternity leave. So we had saved a good amount, and the Lord had asked us to give like half of it. So um, Faith, she had a change of heart then because she was not ready to do that. Um, so we did that. And then um, a couple, I want to say a month later, Pastor, or not Pastor, but Kieran and Jamie were here. And we felt to give towards them as well because... Overland missions, yes. We felt to give towards them too because they're over in Africa and they have a great ministry. They're, they have a bunch of children over there that need help. They go and they, what we've been trying to do, well, what we have been doing, let me say actually, we're really trying to attach our seed to souls, okay? So we're like looking for ministries that put soul winning at the forefront and go into the, you know, the inner city, that go to the projects, that go and... Speak Christ unto these people because what happens is that with our seed attached to it, not only is like, are we funding it, but we reap from that as well. Okay. So there's places that people go that I'll never be able to go. So Jonathan Shuttlesworth, for instance, he goes all around the world. I can't go all over the world right now, but where he goes and when I sow into that, I'm a part of that. Same thing with uh, Pastor Ronnie Howard Brown. Same thing with us. You know, if they go soul winning on a Saturday and I can't make it for whatever reason, I'm still a part of it because I'm sowing into it. So we're being really conscious about where, where we're giving. Um, we want to make sure that we're, we do give to other ministries as well, but um, just off the leading of the Holy Spirit. But one thing we do are really conscious of is whether or not they're soul winning. So, um, but yeah, Pastor, or Kieran and Jamie were here from Overland Missions. We gave towards them. And then Pastor Alex was here in June. And he, uh, the first night he was here, um, he had given a given mes- giving message, and there was a big breakthrough for me and my wife. Um, I was sitting in here, <laughs> she was in the car uh, with the baby, because the baby was like maybe two weeks old or something like that. And um, I had just bought her a purse um, for her birthday. And the purse was, it wasn't like, you know, I went to TJ Maxx and got a purse, or I went to, you know, and I got like something cheap. I got her something nice. And um, (laughs) she's watching the live stream and she's in the car and (laughs) she's like in there, she's crying. And um, because the Lord, you know, was asking her to give the purse. Do you want me to? (laughs) And so when pastor, you're welcome. Pastor Alex was talking about honoring your pastor. So the Lord was speaking to me to empty our bank account. And at the same time, he's speaking to her to give the purse. So really, we kind of gave like just everything we had. And then the very next week, we had um, unexpected money come in. And it was like 
over and above, like anything we could imagine. And um, we're still like living off of that. So like, um, I want to tell a story real quick um, in the Bible where Elijah goes, or um, Elisha, I believe, to the woman that she has the, um, she barely has a little bit of olive oil left, and she can't, um, she doesn't have enough to make a meal. And so the prophet Elisha comes and he says, gather all of the empty jars and pots from your neighbors, and I want you to pour the oil into them. And so she starts pouring and pouring and pouring, and filling every single jar, every single pot, until the last one was filled. And when that happened, it stopped. So, and then what he told her to do was to take all of the oil, sell it, use it to uh, pay your debt because she had debt that was crushing her and her family, and then live off the rest. So we've, <laughs> we haven't paid off our debt, but we are living off of the, um, the last bit that we have because we're, we've been just sowing it and sowing it. Like we decided that we weren't gonna go and do something for ourselves. We were just gonna take that seed that Lord, the Lord gave us and put it back out, you know? Because we're not gonna, we're, I'm not gonna go and spend a bunch of money on us before I spend the same amount on the Lord, right? Like I'm not gonna go and buy myself a $10,000 watch before I've sowed $10,000 into the yeah. ministry. Like I've, <laughs> like I decided, and I decided that we're not going to go and get a house, $300,000 house, before we sow an, an, an equal amount. Okay. So whatever the house that we want is, however much that amount is. And I'm not talking about accrued giving. I'm talking about one seed. Yes. One seed. Because we're, <laughs> we're going to fund the end time harvest. Yes. We are really believing. <laughs> I've... We're believing that, you know, the Lord is just going to use ev everyone, you know. Yeah. And you have to grab a hold of that. Like, Pastor um, Chris was talking about it. Like, we are in the final hour of the last days, okay? And we, like, we just have to run. Like, we've never run before. And it does, like, in all areas, there's people that are called to government. There's people that are called to business. There's people that are called to full-time ministry, education, all types of stuff. So it's not like you see, you know, Pastor Nick, like he's a full-time minister, like that's his job. Like you sit here in the congregation, you have a duty and you have a responsibility to get behind him, lift him up, and lift this ministry up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks. Now that I have your blessing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just stirring him up to give me more time. But um, yeah, so we, <laughs> and I don't get up here because I like to hear myself talk. Mm -mm. This is terrifying. <laughs> ask Marisol, ask Faith, ask Janelle. They, when I told them, or when Chris told them really, and I had to remind them like, hey, you guys are giving your testimony. They look at me and they're like, <sighs> so it's, it's, not, it's not an easy thing being up here. So what I want to tell you is I don't come up here because I like to hear myself talk. I come up here to stir up faith in you because what God does for one, he can do for you. It says in Acts 10.34, if you want to turn there real quick, Acts 10.34. <laughs> Where's the podium? <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're hilarious. Yes. 
All right. Acts 10, verse 34. I'm not going to give the whole story, but I just want you to see it so you can believe it. Because it's one thing for me to say it and for you to hear it. But when you see it in Scripture and you actually read it and you understand it and you apply it to your life, it's not just, um, it's not empty talk. Like you have substance behind it because your faith has seen it. So now it's actually alive in you. So, so, (laughs) so I'm actually going to pull out my phone too, because I like reading multiple versions. Is there anyone else that's like that? Yeah. Okay. So I have the NLT, um, like physically and then digitally I have (laughs) every other version. (laughs) Thank God for this. Right. So. Um, So in the NLT, it says, then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. All right. And then in the King James, the King James, it's just so powerful. I know it's hard at first. Like when I, I had a Bible when I started here and it was like King James or New King James. And I couldn't get past the thou and the vine and the shalleth and all that stuff. Like it just felt like this is so confusing. (laughs) And I'm a good reader, you know? So, like, I just felt like I was back in, like, grade school learning how to read again. So, (laughs) all right, so Acts 10.34, in the King James, it says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. So what that means is God is not a respecter of persons. So what he does for another person, he can do for you. And then you grab a hold of that, and you see what um, God is doing for Pastor Nick and Misty, what he's doing for Pastor Chris and Pastor Vivi, what he's doing for you guys, anybody in the church. It's not just the, the, the people that are in full-time ministry. I'm not in full-time ministry, but what he does for me, he can do for you. All right? And what he does for other people, he can do for me. So once you apply that and you believe it and you grab a hold of it, there's like nothing that you don't think can happen for you. All right? There's something called the gift of faith. <laughs> So it was, it's, um, it's so funny. <laughs> there's, um, there's the gifts of the spirit, right? And we all have heard about the, um, the gift of healing, miracles, um, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Um, great faith is one of them. And I never understood what that gift was. I didn't understand what the gift of faith was until recently. What happens is, God actually gives you his faith to believe in what you're speaking. Okay, so faith, <laughs> when, she, when she was up here, um, up here staring her testimony, and she got a little bit bold in the Holy Spirit and said, that boy's going to walk out of that hospital, that's the gift of faith. Because she's like, oh, did I really just say that? <laughs> What happens is her spirit bypassed her mind and it came straight out of her mouth. So now she's like, (laughs) now it's like, Jesus, it's all up to you. If you just hold it here, he's still waiting on you. All right. (laughs) You have to speak it. And that's the gift of faith because faith is the substance of things heard, not seen. (laughs) All right. I'm trying not to, <laughs> I know this was a testimony, I'm, I, know, I'm, I know I'm not here to give a sermon, but I'm, <laughs> it's just, it's just coming up, so, um, <laughs> that's true, yeah, I'm just, it's coming back out, 
Yeah. Uh, I was at the men's conference this past week. It says mountain mover. (laughs) And um, so one of the things we learned is that um, men are like fountains and women are like cisterns. And when people think cistern, they think like the toilet, like, you know, urinal, that thing. That's not what it is. So the man pours into his wife and in turn the cistern fills the fountain. So you're constantly pouring into your wife and your wife's constantly pouring into you, and it's just a never-ending flow. So that just came up. I don't know who needed that because it wasn't along the lines of where I was going, but, you know, someone needed to hear that today. Amen? Amen. (laughs) But back to the gift of faith. So um, what happens is God gives you his faith to believe in, like, things that you would never believe, um, like, you wouldn't believe before. So there was a couple, um, not a couple, but it was a while ago, Nick was up here. He was giving the giving message. Pastor Nick, sorry. I got to get used to that. (laughs) Um, And he was saying, get an amount in your mind that you want to sow that just seems, like, astronomical to you, something that you would, like, you couldn't believe that you would sow. And for me, that number was um, 25,000. So I was like, all right, like $25,000 seed, right? And then I got with my wife afterwards because I was in the sound booth and she was over here and she got 30000 So we went with the bigger number. Yeah. <laughs> Always go with the bigger number, right? Because then you just, you just you build up your faith a little bit more, you know? So when we got that unexpected money, we sowed that $30,000 seed. <laughs> So what I, want you to t- what I want to tell you is faith works. It's not something that you sit on. It's not something that's dormant. Faith is an action word. All right? So who, has anyone ever been to Publix? Yeah? You know they got the automatic doors, right? If I stand 10 feet away from the automatic door, is it going to open? No. I have to actually move and get closer to it, and then the sensor will sense me, and it'll open, right? So a lot of people like to say, hey, God, open the door, and I'll go. Open the door, and I'll go, and they'll stand here, and they'll sit on their blessed assurance and say, God, open a door for me, and I'll go for you. (laughs) But the thing is that the sensor won't detect when you come to the door, and it will never open because you're not applying your faith. So you need to apply your faith today and go. Walk up to the door and it'll open up to you. I declare and decree right now that you activate your faith, you plug it into this ministry, into other ministries that keep souls at the forefront of their ministry and the door will be open to you. And it's not just finances, it's not just um, prosperity, houses, material things, it's healing, it's faith. It's, it's miracles, it's signs, it's wonders. Woo! Woo! God is here. I don't know if anybody knew that, you know? If you, were, if you missed the past three hours, <laughs> God's here if you didn't know, now you know. Woo! So, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and pray. Because... All right. Well, we had church today. 
I'll just share a couple of things to give church, kids' church a few extra minutes because I didn't want to ruin their program. So, um, I'll summarize. Our, our calendar, the way that we, we deal with our calendar is we go on a Roman calendar, right? Everybody say Roman calendar. And so this Roman calendar was regulated by Pope Gregory the 13th. It's the Gregorian calendar. And uh, before that, they had like a Julius Caesar calendar. But they named all the months of the year and the days of the week after uh, pagan gods. Right? Yeah. So uh, January is named after Janus, which is the god of door and gates. February is Februella, um, and who managed all the sacrifices to, for the forgiveness of your sins. March is named after Mars, which is a war god. April is, is uh, Latin for whatever. It means to bud or new life, right? And then, you know, you have all these different gods. Uh, May is the goddess of growth of plants and whatever. Um, and then you take, you know, you go through this stuff and then you look at the days of the week. Monday is the moon god who was over creation. Tuesday is uh, the god over treaties and justice, law and judgment. Then you've got Wednesday, which is Odin's day. Everybody knows Odin, the ruler of Asgard. <laughs> Thor's father. Thursday is Thor's day. Bring the hammer. So Thor was the god of the weather. He would bring rain, right? So then you had Friday, which was another god, Freda, which is love, beauty, fertility, sex, and prosperity. Saturday is Saturn's day, which is the god of sowing a seed and agriculture. Sunday is the sun, is the god of the sun, which is the source of life that gives warmth and illumination to mankind. So we live under a calendar that is pagan. So the Jewish calendar is a total different calendar. So tomorrow is the Jewish New Year, right? We, we have Labor Day tomorrow. But tomorrow is Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year, which is the head of the year. And we're going into year 2022, but the Jewish calendar is year uh, 5782. It's a total different calendar system. And so, you know, we have Christmas, we have all these different pagan holidays, but the Jewish calendar is God's calendar, and it's on a total different time. So, usually God is talking to me in this time period coming up till September and preparing me for what's to come. Most people think that January 1st is the new year, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're entering into the new thing that God is doing right now. Over the next two weeks, you're going to have an opportunity to hear what God has for you. The voice of the Lord, God wants to speak to you and he wants to tell you the things that he's prepared for the next 12 months of your life. The problem is if you're waiting for December, you're going to miss 
the timing and you're not going to be ready to hear what God has to say because you're not paying attention. Everybody with me? And so um, tomorrow evening at sundown, um, through Wednesday evening at sundown, is the, the Jewish New Year, right? And so let me just read some things that I've got here. Numbers have meanings too. So there's numerology where every number means something, where every word means something. How many of you looked up your kids' names and what they meant before you called them? Like, if you call your kid Jezebel, you're in trouble. <laughs> I think it's such a nice-sounding name. Well, you should read what the Bible has to say about Jezze, and then you'll make the decision that you'll never do it. Can you say Amen. So, uh, the number 80, because it's year 82, the number 80 represents the mouth. Look at somebody and say the mouth. And, you know, we started um, the 80s two years ago. And it's interesting that in October 2019, the virus was released, and suddenly we had to wear masks. Because the enemy wants to silence the mouth of the church so they don't speak the word of the Lord. There is an attack on the mouth for the next 10 years. Your speech needs to be silenced. Your breath needs to be silenced because the world doesn't want to hear what God has to say. You see, you think that masks and all these different things are just whatever, but no, there is a demonic system that is out there, that is against the church system. And when you can see beyond the media, and you can see into the spirit, and you can see God's timetable, you can see that the enemy always wants to oppose what God is doing. And I want to tell you that there is power in your mouth. Do not let your mouth be silenced in this time. Do not let your breath be silenced in this time. Can you say amen? Say, there's power in my mouth especially when you hear what God is saying and you say what God is saying. And that's the time frame that we're in. The gospel is going to be preached in this next 10 years, starting in 2020 through 2030, and we're going to see a harvest of souls like we've never seen before. Wait for 2022. There's going to be a multiplication of the increase of souls. People are going to be coming into the kingdom at a rate like never before. We do not have space for the amount of people coming into the kingdom in the next eight to 10 years because we are preparing for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming soon, a lot sooner than you think. Can you say amen? So the word two, 82, represents a house. Everybody say a house which represents unity with God. God wants to come and make His home in you. He wants to establish His house in you. This year, you're going to see your identity in Christ get rooted and grounded in His love, and you're going to come to know who you are in God in a whole brand new way. Ephesians chapter 3, 17 through 19. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust Him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong that you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love really is. May you experience the love of Christ, 
though it is too great to understand. And you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. There's a rooting and a grounding that's going to happen in the next 12 months into the love of God. You're going to come to know God's love for you in a way that you've never experienced before, which is going to give you the freedom and the courage to tell other people about God's love. All I'm telling you is there has come an end to the enemy's attack on our mouths, and there's a breakthrough coming. Say the church will not be silenced, and the church will not be shut down. Yes, the Antichrist has an agenda, but his agenda will not be fulfilled until the church leaves the planet. Say the church age. We are in the church age. When did the church age start? It started when the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost. When does the church age end? When Jesus takes the church out of the earth. Let me say this to you. Uh, The government just recently released the reality of UFOs. Why do you think they have to let the world know that they discovered extraterrestrial life? Because they're going to need to explain to the people that are left behind why we left. When millions of people suddenly leave the planet, how do you explain that to the rest of the world? The aliens took them. It's coming. And so... As we are, we are expecting the return of Jesus Christ, there's, we have to be ready for his return. Can you say amen? Let me see if I can shorten this. Open your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 17. This week, Wednesday, I was asking the Lord, what do you want me to talk about? And the Lord said to me, out with the old, in with the new. Look at the person next to you. And say, it's time to get rid of the old so we can make room for the new. There's some things, I'll prophesy, there's some things that have been in your heart that God wants you to do. But you haven't made room for those things because you think, oh, they're just a dream. They're just a thought. They could never happen. But they keep coming back to you. And what you need to do is you need to make room, get rid of some of the old things and prepare yourself, set the boundaries in your life so that the things that are in your heart can happen. Because God wants to get behind what he's telling you to make the provision available so that you can see that become a reality in your life. You say amen. Luke chapter 17, I said, verse 20. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God cannot be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is within you. Put your hand on your heart and say, the kingdom of God is within me. The place where you experience God is when you close your eyes and you begin to pray and you begin to seek. God uses your imagination and he'll flash pictures. He'll show you things to come by the Holy Ghost. God wants to show you the things that he's prepared for you before you were formed in your mother's womb. There was a scroll written. There was a book written concerning every day of your life. And God has numerous thoughts about you that he wants to share with you because he's a father that loves you. Just like I have a son and a daughter and children that I love, we are God's children and he knew us before we were formed in the womb, before we took a first breath. If you will just spend time with God and say, God, what do you have for my life? 
and you will separate yourself from the noise of media and TV and social media and the worries and the cares of life, and you will just lock yourself away and seek the Lord, He will show you things that will blow your mind. Especially in this time, God has things that He wants to say to you. 1720. 22. Then He said to His disciples, The time is coming when you will no longer see the day uh, where you will long to see the day, sorry, when the Son of Man returns, but you won't see it. People will tell you, look, here is the Son of Man, or here He is, but don't go out and follow them. For as the lightning flashes, where's Mike Rolden? This is the dream you had. As the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other, so will it be on the day when the Son of Man comes. But first, the Son of Man must suffer terribly and be rejected by this generation. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in the days of Noah. In those days, people enjoyed banquets, parties, weddings, right up until the time Noah entered into the boat, and the flood came and destroyed the world. And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot, People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, until the morning Lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual, right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, a person out on the deck of the roof must not go down into the house to pack. A person out in the field must not return home. Remember what happened to Lot's wife. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you let your life go, you will save it. That night, two people will be asleep. One in bed will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding their flour together at the mill. One will be taken, but the other will be left. So the Bible here is talking about the day that Jesus is returning. I want you to know and understand there are no signs that are coming about His return. No man knows the day, no man knows the hour, but we understand that the time is near. Can you say amen? There's nothing holding Jesus back from taking us from the earth to the marriage supper of the Lamb. There's no prophecies that need to be fulfilled. Everything has been fulfilled. The only thing Jesus is waiting for is the harvest of the earth. And when that harvest comes in, that's it. The angels will be released. They will be sent out to the four corners of the earth. The wheat will be gathered, but the tares will be separated. And Jesus will be caught up in a twinkling of an eye. We will meet Him in the clouds. Those that have died before us, their bodies will come up out of the ground. They will meet us in the air, and we will go spend some time with God having a marriage feast. Can you say amen? Meanwhile, on the earth, those that are left behind, that's when everything is going to go wrong. Look at the person next to you and say, Jesus is taking His bride from the earth before he pours judgment out. In the time of the seven of the seals being broken and released, there is going to be such destruction and havoc in the earth, it will be like the plagues that hit Egypt when Moses was trying to get the people delivered. One third of the earth's population will die in that time period. That is when the mark of the beast will be introduced. 
They will be buying and selling till the day Jesus comes. The mark of the beast is not here and it's not here now. When we leave the planet, the people are going to need security that the money that they give you is secure. They're going to mark you for your money. You will not be able to buy. You will not be able to sell. And you are going to have to take this mark. And by taking this mark, you're going to have to bow down and worship a statue. And if you will not worship this statue, you will be killed. That's the last days. Satan will get their bride on earth, and Jesus will have his bride in heaven. We will be having a marriage feast in heaven, but the earth is going to be going through hell. And family, you don't want to miss that day. Mike Rolden had a dream, and in the dream, he saw flashes of lightning. When he woke up from that dream, he thought he missed the rapture. Right, Mike? He shared the testimony a couple of weeks ago. That is the grace of God saying, you better get your life right. You better get things straight because you do not want to be caught up in the spirit of the world living a certain way when Jesus returns. I don't want to be robbing a bank when Jesus returns. I don't want to be sleeping in some woman's bed that I'm not supposed to be in. I don't want to be drunk walking down the street swirling when Jesus returns. I want to be woke. I want to be lit. Can you say amen? I want to be in my right mind expecting to come, him to come as a thief in the night. Can you say amen? We need to have a heart and our lives ready and in order. We need to be pure and ready for His return as a bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish that's in love with their bridegroom waiting for the wedding day. You are Siobhan. She was excited about her wedding day. She was prepared for a wedding day. She wasn't sleeping with some other man on Friday night and then getting married on a Saturday morning. No, she was keeping herself pure for her wedding day. Jesse wasn't out getting drunk and hanging out with a bunch of other women. This is my last moment of freedom before the ball and chain. Lies. Marriage in Christ is the best thing that exists. It's the fullness of God in one. Amen. And whoa, man. That's right. And so, family, the, the only thing we're taking with us to heaven is souls. The only money we're taking to heaven is the money that we put into the work of the kingdom. It says, don't store up your treasures here on earth and moth east rust destroy. Store your treasures in heaven. How do you do that? By seeking first the kingdom. By putting God's will and agenda at the forefront. What Pastor Manny was talking about today... He made the decision that he was going to believe God for the resources. Him and his wife got into agreement. And they put their faith out there. It's crazy that his wife's name is Faith. They put faith out there. And they're seeing financial breakthrough like never before because they didn't stand back and wait for the door to open. They said, I'm going to put God's word to the test and find out if this thing really works. And they went for it. And if you will make a decision in your heart that you're going to sow into the kingdom, 
God will give seed to the sower. Misty and I just went through it. We went through it. Within six months, we saw God increase us in our giving. We doubled three times in six months in our giving. When Pastor Alex stood up here, I was believing for $10,000 to give the next seed. I didn't know where it was coming from. I had a guest minister walk in the church and stand up here, start preaching. The anointing come on him and tell, then he says, I'm giving you 10 grand. That's the 10 grand I was believing for. And then I sowed it. And that unlocked a door that I have yet to talk about for another time and season. But it's preparation for the year that's ahead, what God is getting ready to do. And what Manny was talking about concerning finances, it is here. There is a transference of wealth if you will hear what God is saying and you'll make the provision. Can you say amen? Say money doesn't just show up. You've got to have a channel for the money to find you. There has to be a channel. Like if you want to get water from one place to another, there has to be a pipeline. So what pipeline is coming to your house? What pipeline have you set up? What pipeline have you created? Well, God wants to prosper you in this season. But you've got to hear where you need to be in the season when God speaks to you. God told Elisha, go to the brook. When the brook dried up, he said, go to Zarephath. God wants to give you step-by-step instructions along the way where you need to be so that you can tap into the provision of God for that season. Just because God told you to step here doesn't mean God's not going to move you forward. So don't get stuck in a past time. Make sure you're hearing what God has to say today. Can you say amen? So let me read this and then I'll be done. Go to the book of, I'll just read the, the scriptures and I won't expound on them. Go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, and I'm going to read verses starting at verse 17, and I'm just going to read. I want you to go home and read this for yourself and dissect it. Can you say amen? So as a new creation in Christ Jesus, waiting for the Lord's return, how are we supposed to be living? With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as Gentiles do. For they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature, Say, out with the old. And your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Say, in with the new. Say, Holy Spirit, renew my thoughts and my attitudes. Some of you need an attitude adjustment. You need the Holy Ghost to fix your attitude. Say, I want a Holy Ghost attitude. Put on your new nature to be like God, say like God, truly righteous and holy, a.k.a. pure. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we're all parts of the same body. 
And don't sin by letting anger control you. And don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Why? Because anger gives a foothold to the devil. When you get angry, you open a door for the devil to put his foot in there and come into your life and bring all kinds of destruction. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work and then give generously to those in need. I want you to know that when God redeems you, if you were a thief, your heart will be changed. You'll become a hard worker and you'll become a blessing. You will no longer steal, but now you'll become a giver. You won't be a taker, you'll be a giver. Because that's how God changes your heart. He takes you from somebody that was a sinner and He makes you righteous. Father, flip the things in people's lives. Show them the things that you want to redeem. Some of you have got stuff that you've let go of in the past, and the Lord says He's bringing it back to you, but it's not going to be as it was. It'll be for Him and for His kingdom in this season. I was a nightclub guy. Well, we have a club now. The next generation is praising and worshiping God. It was redeemed. Can you say amen? And there's some things that happened in your past that you loved doing, and you had to walk away from those things, but God's going to turn it around so that you can set the captive free so they don't have to go down the road that you went down. Can you say amen? God wants to use your testimony. Don't use foul or abusive language. Say, oh me. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own by guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you're His children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered Himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place amongst God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thanksgiving to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person, say a hoarder, I've driven by some people's homes and I've seen stuff packed like i never seen before. Shocking. Moving on. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Don't participate in the things, these things that people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light, for this light within you produces only what is good, right, and true. Verse 10, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. 
Instead, expose them. It is shameful to even talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. That is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs amongst yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts, and give thanks for everything to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? One more passage. Are you ready? Colossians chapter 3. Verse 1, since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. So don't be worried about the things on earth. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. Say, think about the things in heaven. Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life, say my real life, is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share His glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of the world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Do not lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature. Say, off with the old and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature. Say, in with the new. And be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile. Circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Doesn't matter what color skin you are, what nationality you are, what language you speak, whether you're poor or rich. God is not a respecter of persons. Can you say amen? If you will make the decision to get rid of unrighteous living and become holy, pure, and sanctified, seeking God, He will bless you. And all the blessings of the covenant will come upon you. And you will overflow with the goodness of God. Can you say amen? It says, since God chose you to be holy, say pure, The people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. I'll take it one step further. In Christ, you don't need to take an offense because you're dead. Dead people cannot be offended. You're dead to what people think about you. You're dead to what the world says. You're dead to people's opinions. And you're alive to live to please God and what God thinks and what what pleases the Lord. Can you say amen? So when somebody comes to try and offend you, don't take that offense. Listen, people get offended over silly things. 
And then it causes rage and malicious behavior and slander and dirty language and pulls you into a pit. The devil wants to pull you into a, a sucker, uh, into a fight. He wants to sucker punch you. He wants to pull you into a fight where he gets you to give up your authority. And then you're going to act like, you, like somebody that's alive in the flesh. And then after you've acted like a fool, he's going to come and say, oh, what a great Christian you are. He's going to get on your shoulder and he's going to condemn you. And he's going to pull you into a pit. You see, because it doesn't matter if you win in the natural, you're going to lose in the spirit. Say, I don't fight against flesh and blood. You see, he wants to steal your authority from you so that you're no longer standing in God's presence with the authority to overcome everything he throws at you. Above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom He gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thanksgiving. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks through Him to God our Father. Can you say amen? Let's stand this morning. Listen, you don't want to be, the Bible talks about the ten virgins in the book of Luke, I believe it is. Five of those virgins, or all ten, the ten virgins represents people that were saved. All of them are Christians or believers. But five of them had no oil, so they had no fire. And because they were playing around, they kind of became lukewarm. Their fire went out. And they had to go find oil at the last moment, but it was too late because the bridegroom came, those that were waiting and ready went into the banquet, and when they came, the door was locked and they were cast out into outer darkness. Family, there are Christian people that go to church that will not go when Christ comes back. It's a very sad thing. And woe to the ministers that have lukewarm churches. And I do not want to be one of them because hell is real. Fire is real. I'd rather have the fire now than the fire later. Can you say amen? God, come and burn all the junk out of me now so that I am free from sin. Can you say amen? That's what the fire of God is for. That's what the altar is for. When you come to the altar like people did today and they said, the, the sin nature in me, the addictions, the memories of the past, everything that the enemy has me bound in, I'm coming to Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I'm coming to the altar and I'm saying, God, send your fire to burn off the enemy's grip so that I can be free, that I can be pure, that I can be holy, so that I can be ready for your return. Your sin nature is like a virus that invaded you when you were born into this world. It was just part of you. But God wants to come and burn that out of you. Can you say amen? And that's what the fire of God is for. It comes on those who lay the things of the flesh on the altar and say, God, I am done with this life. I'm done with living this way. I need you to come and deliver me and save me and set me free. But you've got to make a decision that I'm done with that old life. Because if you come up here and you say, God, I want your fire, but your heart really isn't in letting that sin go, there'll be no fire for you. 
because you have to make the decision that you're putting yourself on the altar. You're becoming a living sacrifice. You're going to nail the passions and the desires of your flesh to the cross, and you're done with them. Can you say amen? And family, the fire of God is here. The altar is here, and God is ready to strip you of all the old stuff. He's ready with the power of the Holy Ghost to give you the grace that you can walk in a brand new life. Jesus died so that you could overcome sin. If you're waiting for death before you're going to be free from your sin, then death is your Savior, not Jesus. Can you say amen? And so we have time, and the power of God is available, and the blood of Jesus is ready to wash us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. There is power in the blood of Jesus to set you free from anything you're bound in. But you have to make a decision. I'm not living that way anymore. And you can come to the altar and God will set you free. And that's what happened in here today. People will never be the same again. The roots of the enemy were uprooted by Jesus himself and that was thrown into the fire and there's a tree of life that has been established in them and they're going to see the fruit of God, love, peace, patience, joy, and all of the fruits. They're going to see the gifts of the Spirit. They're coming alive in Christ and there's a whole nother realm that they're going to experience. And the same for you today. There's a continual process of sanctification where God wants to continually strip things off you and give you some brand new things. Lift your hands to heaven. Father, we are a church in the city of Fort Pierce. You have called my wife and I. You have placed us here, God, and we will be a shining lamp. We will be a shining light. We will be a lighthouse in this region, Lord God. We will not hide what you've given us under a bushel. We will not be a church that is lukewarm. We will be a church that is holy, pure, without spot, without wrinkle or blemish, and we will be ready for our Savior's return. We thank you, Lord God, that the fire and the the salt and the life and the light that is in us is going to touch our community, Lord God. I thank you that this brand new year that we're stepping into, Lord God, that we're going to get rooted and grounded in your love, and we are going to be a mouthpiece that shouts from the mountaintops your goodness and your grace. Father, I thank you for using every member of this ministry as a light wherever they go. I thank you every place the sole of their foot treads. They have been given authority there. And Jesus, you are the Lord. You are the Lord of the church. You are the head of the church. And you told us to go into the world, preach the good news to the poor, to the lost. Those that believe shall be saved. Those that don't believe shall be condemned. And Father, you said that signs and wonders will follow the believer. They will lay hands on the sick. They will raise the dead. They will cleanse the leper. They will do mighty signs and wonders in the mighty name of Jesus. And I thank you, God, that the St. Lucie County are going to discover there's a real God. He's on the throne, and it is operating through a people that are living wholeheartedly for Him. I thank you for it, Father. I decree and declare there is no lack in your life. Every need is met. Every enemy attacking you will be crushed. Every weapon formed against you will not prosper. Everything you set your hand to will prosper in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you that you fill their hearts with faith and they begin to declare the things that you say and make room to see them manifest in their lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, I bless them with peace, with joy, with strength, with might, with revelation, and all your goodness. In Jesus' mighty name, can you say hallelujah? I'm just so glad to be a part of the family.
Bye.